This is my brother Sobieski who's uh, driving around on our outside forklift outside our main shed. And over there is my husband Liam. Liam! We're just doing a bit of maintenance on some equipment outside. You might not want to film that, <laughs> but he's, uh, yeah, we're just reorganising outside. About 20 minutes outside of Kaitaia is Awanui, the home of the whānau business Kaiora Honey. Blanche Morrow jokes around with her cousin as she takes me on a tour. And um, I don't want to take a video of two today at the bin. <laughs> Come and hide somewhere else. <laughs> the story of Kaiora Honey begins with an entrepreneurial whānau who knew a thing or two about the land, about beehives and producing honey. Blanche's father, Rapini Murray, was the youngest of 13 kids. He passed down his knowledge of the burgeoning honey industry at a time when Manuka honey prices were soaring. He seized an opportunity and set up a business which he would pass on to his children. His foresight resonated with Blanche, in addition to the guidance of her kuia, the late Sana Waitai Murray. Something that we've learnt I guess from her is that not to give up too easy um, and that there's a bigger picture other than ourselves, you know, and that this, um, what we're doing is not just for us as individuals, but it's also contributing to our iwi. This week we continue stories from Te Tai Tokerau, the Northland region. I'm in Awanui to check out the business Kaiora Honey. E teitzi e te rahi aneirahe matapihi me ki ki te ao Māori me ngā mahi kaipākihi o te hāpori nei. A business with a product found around the world and inside some of the top restaurants. This is Tiahika on RNZ. Ko Justine Murray, ahau. The foundation of Kaiora Honey is family. Blanche's husband, Liam, works for the business, as does her siblings and cousins. Their family homestead is a stone's throw away from the main office. Before this, we were in our mother's house, which is only about 20 metres that way. Is that where you grew up? Yep, that's yep. where we all grew up. So um, we moved there in nine. 19- 1990, I think, um, 1990, yeah, so f- quite a few years ago. Um, the house hasn't changed much. <laughs> when we moved in, we th- I thought it was a mansion. That's actually what I said to my mother, and um, she was like, as long as you think it's a mansion, because it's actually a run-down old house. But I was like, wow, this is a mansion, compared to where we were coming from. We had um, gravity-fed water and candles for lights, so to go to a house that had lights that actually worked and water that came from the tap without having to um, go and you know collect water from with a bucket up on the hill or, or even just flew it like to me it flew out of the um, <laughs> out of the taps whereas in Te Hapua it was like dribbling because <laughs> wow. it was all gravity fed, gravity fed and to have a toilet inside the house was nice um, not a long drop so yeah to me that was a mansion as I grew up I realised this ain't no mansion <laughs> <laughs> you know, the walls were, you know, had holes in them, and the floor was, and in the bathroom there was a floor right by a hole in the floor by the toilet, and I was oh, just okay. like, oh, so just you know, watch the step sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like it was, but it was cool. You know, like it wasn't. It, it, hey, it kept us warm, dry, out of the rain. So, um, and you know, we've got really good memories there with our cousins. Um, you know, because we always, because there was six tamariki, we always had all the cousins around here playing and. Nice. Before we kind of landscaped it, it was all just kind of big, tall um, grass paddocks, you know. So we used to have bike tracks, huts, and, you know, trees, uh, tree huts. And, well, you know, just the typical yeah. really good yeah, New Zealand yeah. 
far north kind of lifestyle, you know. Back to Blanche's family ties. Her grandmother, Sana Murray, was one of the six original claimants who lodged the Y262 claim back in 1991. The claim sought rights of not only flora and fauna, but traditional knowledge, cultural and property rights and language. Sana Murray died in 2011. In 1988, Rehua Marae hosted an ethnobotany hui. A few hundred specialists gathered at the Marae to discuss the scientific knowledge and traditional knowledge of the use of trees and plants. Sana Murray attended the hui on behalf of her iwi in Te Taitokero. Here, she talks about the medicinal properties and purpose of rongoa Māori. Te it is used mainly for the ailments of coughs and, uh, and other things that uh, our people had taught us. Uh, just pour a bit of hot water over it. If it's too bitter at first, it does leave a sweet taste in your mouth because it is has curative. Uh, it is uh, best for you that you forget about the bitter side because it's going to be curing your cold. So I do share very deeply those ancestral areas. So I asked the conservationists, we would like to share with you to look after our land. Even it's the Kumaraho, the Tikoka, Ngapino, we'd like to share that responsibility with you because we cannot get away from it, which is not our colour. I do have blue-eyed mokapunas as well. So we will share what is in the future and I hope to leave this area feeling much better for expressing a few of my grievances. So what kind of influence did she have on you? A significant influence, um, not just on me, but on, on our whole um, whānau. And um, what we learnt from our grandmother, watching her go through her um, challenges and her wins that she had over the many decades that she was working on the Y262, and just her tireless effort that she did for her iwi up home, Ngāti to make sure that her people had the best of whatever situation um, may arise. And our grandmother was quite um, intellectual, you know, so we were very lucky that she was, you know, she held herself really well, she spoke really well, she wrote really well, she was very um, humble, she was very resilient. Like, the resilience that she would, had to endure or, or build over the years through the challenges she's had to endure is something that we've learnt I guess from her is that not to give up too easy um, and that there's a bigger picture other than ourselves. What we're doing is not just for us as individuals but it's also contributing to our iwi. I guess always having that respect for our whenua, always having the um, connection to our heritage, to our culture has all come from her, you know, and, and because of her strength, um, to record or her desire to record history is, I guess, given us a lot of strength as whānau to continue that um, that heritage. You know, the humbleness within us that life isn't about money because our grandmother was never about money. It was always about securing the land, securing a future for our moka, her mokopuna and, and her whanaunga mokopuna. For everybody in Taitokero that, you know, we all have the same opportunities. Blanche's father, Rapine, was a self-starter and ran businesses in the north that included oyster farming and tours around parts of the Murifenua. He took notice of the honey industry in 2005. 
It started off as an enterprise, Winarapini, and his business partner set up a honey business. It seems Blanche caught the bug, or the bee in this case, and decided to start her own business not long after her father passed away. But with his untimely death, the family inherited a lot of debt. You know, it's been documented quite heavily around our humble upbringing. And um, unfortunately for us as a whānau, when our father passed away, uh, we were left with debt. <laughs> when you say well-documented, Blanche, what do you mean? Or was oh, that on like the pub- it's on Seven Sharp, it's on, um, it's been in the Herald, it's, uh, it's, I guess, you know, it's, we always speak about our humble upbringing that our father and our mother Mata Murray um, raised us in. and So a bit of debt to take on. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't an easy path for us, you know, like jobs were far and few between up here in Taitokiro and uh, and even if you did have a job, it was a low-paying labouring job anyway. So the desire to be to do better and to create a better, I guess, lifestyle for ourselves uh, from what we grew up in. But you were a one-woman band, so to speak, in those early stages, or did you immediately start this with your family? We had established it. So prior to Kaiota Honey, it was called Kaiota Farms. Um, oh, right. so, gotcha. so then when, when we came back as a family, we re-established it and it was called Kaiota Honey, so, and specifically specialising on the honey side. So, um, so is it just a navigation of a different... It was just a navigational yeah. chain, you know, like it was, a, it was a, I guess, a much-needed change for us as a whanau for it to work, um, to come back together, and um, we didn't re- had to rebrand or anything like that because that was already... Oh, so even the logo was already yep, there? already in existence. So, um, yeah, that was fairly easy. <laughs> <laughs> that saves a few thousand, all you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it did save a bit of money and time for our whānau. So, um, and I guess, you know, that's where the strengths lie within having a big family is that we've all got different strengths and abilities amongst ourselves and it's just focusing the um, our, our energy into the right areas of the business where it will... I guess, help each other flourish as a team, you know, because it, it, it's, it's all about teamwork. Um, so all our hives that we have just over, or just under 2,000 hives, um, some of those are um, not, not 100% all ours. Um, we do have some partnerships with some really good people that works in our favour in terms of our strategy. Our hive's a place from right up at Kapawairua uh, all the way down to South Hokianga um, and from time to time we'll take them down to Taupo, um, Taumaranui, uh, Wanganui area. Um, we haven't done that for the last two years and that's mainly because we've had a different focus around um, spending quality time with our whanau um, here over that Christmas New Year period. As uh, we start to expand and develop again um, and get through some of the hurdles that we've been going through, we'll probably start merging back to that again. So, yeah. And when it comes to staff at Kaiora Honey, it's a whānau affair. Uh, so there's myself, um, my cousin Tutera, who's still at the bin. <laughs> Over there, oh, he's, he's putting, he's cleaning, he's cleaning the, with the water blaster. Um, <laughs> our cousin Tutera, uh, my husband Liam, um, my brother Walter, brother Ty and brother Sobieski, um, my sister Mabel and myself. So what's that, uh, three, seven, seven of us? <laughs> our honey is bought in and stored and so that's all honey from this season. Um, and over there is also more honey from this season. 
uh, and the, it towards the back is all our um, wet hives, I guess what we like to call wet um, honey supers that will go out throughout the flow um, to collect more honey. And um, this equipment here is to be uh, uh, sorted through and um, either discarded, um, because we try to standardise all our gear, um, and replaced with new equipment. Last year, Blanche was the winner of the Young Māori Business Leader Award hosted by the University of Auckland. In her acceptance speech, she stressed the importance of people and relationships in business. Today, Manuka honey is sought after worldwide for its medicinal and antibacterial properties. The product, Kaiora honey, is expanding, as Blanche explains. Our Manuka bush brand is a unique spin on a global favourite, which is the Manuka honey, and combined with New Zealand's other native floral sources like Kanuka and Rewarewa, Tōwai, Kamahi, uh, we've put that together for our international clients because it's a, quite a popular product um, that they request is the Manuka Bush Blend. We have a, our black and gold range, which is our, um, I guess, our high-activity honeys that we sell to our high-end um, clients. We're really proud of this label. It's been a few years in the making. Uh, we've finally trademarked our, I guess, our label around the New Zealand, around the Kaiora and around our rating system and it's um, bevelled so you know if they felt our Aotearoa they can really feel the modi behind what, what well that's kind of our <laughs> thought behind it is that they'll really be able to feel New Zealand through that. We're part of the New Zealand made and so it's really cool to have that opportunity to um, really authenticate our product out there in the market especially internationally where Manuka honey is I guess, um, what's the better word for it? Where it's, you know, like there's... Mass-produced? Yeah, ma well, not mass-produced, but, you know, people are... There's counterfeits out in the market, you know? So um, so we have invested quite a bit of money into um, the technology that will help um, identify true um, manuka honey from New Zealand. So when you say um, auth authenticate manuka, how would you do that? It's through, I guess, QR codes, NFC tagging and RFID tagging within our labels and within our barcodes. I guess uh, not, I'm not sure how many people are aware of QR codes. So pretty much our client will be able to put their smartphone over our, over our jar honey and it will pop up with the, um, the health certificate of where the honey had come from. Um, it will give them an you know, the batch number so that it can be traced back within our system to... Um, to where the honey was produced. We're working with a company called Appitrack. Appy. They're the ones actually working on it, so not us personally, but we're, we're looking at using them in the future because when they do, hopefully that link will also take them through to a um, virtual reality um, meeting with us where they can put their smartphone into a VR system and they'll go through, you know, our harvesting, our extraction and packing and uh, cook court it all with my brothers and sisters. And um, and I'm, what I'm really trying to do is, you know, like, although I'm here, um, reality is is that I'm, I'm the face of Kaiora, but I'm not the one who does all the mahi, you know. So our brother Tai, who's our head beekeeper, Tai Mari no Mari, and our brother Wa oversee the hives and my husband Liam has been in the business for um, four years now so or three years sorry um, that's moved really fast and uh, just recently we brought on our youngest brother Sobieski 
What's his name? Sobieski. Sobieski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's got a very long name. It's a. It's a. Um, it's our great. Uh, our grandmother's uh, father's. Mother's, sorry, grandmother's mother's maiden name. So, yeah, oh, wow. from um, up in uh, um, Pukanui there. <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, so, so we've recently taken him on and a cousin of ours, Tutera, um, who does a lot of the mahi out on the hives as well, and our sister Mabel, who works in the um, office with me and is starting to learn the ropes around the... Um, so it's been she's been here with us for a couple of years now and um, she's really excelled and, and has learned a lot around the, assure, the quality assurance and traceability side of things with um, supporting the brothers while they're out there doing their mahi. And um, I'm now hapu again with number two, so uh, she's taking on a bit more of the domestic sales and hopefully... Hopefully, um, <laughs> she can take on some of the international sales as well. Yeah, fantastic. So, Blanche, I mean, you mentioned just before that you you seem to be, um, or no, not intentional, but you are the face of Kaiora mm. Honey, which has taken you to various um, uh, conferences around mm. the country. I think I, I did see you at the Callahan Innovation Symposium in Rotorua a few mm. months back. Yeah, and it was yeah. great too because in your in your corridor you seem to like you know you're like. You're quite upbeat and funny. <laughs> You're like, you know, chucking different little jokes and laughs. So it's yeah. quite cool. But in your office, I can see some of the awards. So what's mm. that? What's that been like for you? Uh, I tell you, that's been really incredible, an inc- incredible experience for me and my whanau. And um, you know, I pay a lot of tribute to my to my mother, um, Mata, who has been, I guess, a real advocate and supporter, and you know of of us as a whanau and, and ensures that we're breathing the right breath into our business around our heritage and our culture. Because our mother's um, Cook Island as well, so we never forget that, you know, that we do have another cultural um, heritage there. Mm. And I guess we actually never saw it coming. <laughs> well, no, certainly not myself. I, I definitely did not see it coming. But, um, you know, it's taken, a, it's taken me, especially me, a lot of time to humble myself to accept... Um, such a prestigious award like the um, Auckland University Young Māori Business Leader of the Year and just recently one of the top five finalists for the Next Woman magazine of the year um, for business innovation, business and innovation. So that's been really, really um, exciting. Real, uh, it's been a real humbling experience uh, for me and, um, you know, and I think one of the things that, like I said, um, b- it's not all me, it's my whānau behind me as well, you know, like, um, without them, I wouldn't be able to do my job, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'll be marketing fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> so the core business, the core, I guess, primary business of Kaiora is honey production, which is my brothers um, and my sister, and um, the secondary is the export and sales and marketing so we're just again really lucky that it's a strength of mine um, but not wholly and solely has the success been mine Since we've been um, in a better financial state from previous years we've been able to give mum a new pump <laughs> a water pump and the first time the, the first time they used the shower so we really did her bathroom but we did that because we were using her house and yeah. then um, so we then we started to redo her kitchen and then she kicked us out so which is why we built this office nice so um but she she did it after we had to redone her kitchen and her bathroom 
<laughs> Cheeky, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, you know, like it was hard because, you know, we have a lot of, we had a lot of meetings at that time and people coming and going and so it's really nice, you know, to have our own workspace and to mum to have her workspace back. And um, yeah, so when we updated her pump, her water pump, um, the first comment my brother made was like, oh, I had a shower the other day, it blew all my kutus out. <laughs> the water pressure was so strong. <laughs> I just laughed. As opposed to just dribble, dribble, yeah, dribble. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it was um, yeah, quite a hard case when, when, that, when they said that comment because, um, you know, it, it's a bit of a sense of pride that we could that we were able to do that for our mother and well, for us too because we go there for Kai all the time and yeah. you know so it's yeah it's good yeah. it's good so so um you know when we talk about bottom line we talk about profit has it been profitable business it has been but the last two seasons have been really difficult so what when you talk seasons does that depend on the bees it depends on our bees it depends on mother nature really um so we've had two really pretty pretty much poor seasons the last two seasons so previous seasons before that were really good um so it's just like any kind of farming you've got your ups and your downs and you've just got to prepare for the downs and last year we prepared for a down and now we're preparing for another down (laughs) so like I said this is probably one of the good things that you know that we learned from our grandmother is that it's not um never to never to be ashamed of taking a couple of steps backwards um, as a result of something happening, you know, or um, something not going right because, you know, what goes up must come down and, and to, to build resilience to that and to be grateful that for the highs that we did get. And um, now we've just got to use our smarts and our resilience to get through another hard season. How does then supply meet demand? Is it an even uneven at the moment? Yeah, yeah. So um, we've got high demand. Um, yeah. We're really lucky that we've got a pretty good network of people that we can work with um, to gain supply to meet that demand. Um, it's really tricky to work with when you're dealing with that because the price structure for whole um, for bulk wholesale versus what you're exporting, you've got to make sure that the margins are there. In some cases, you know, margins are really tight. Um, but you've got to, from our perspective, it's all around a profit model and, and sometimes it's around cash flow and um, sometimes, you know, you don't make as much as you do. You, you can't yeah, expect yeah. to make, you know, a profit every time. There is going to be losses regardless of whether you like it or not. And um, it's just managing that um, roller coaster ride. So, Blanche, what's your background? Where did you go to school? Uh, did I went you... to Kohanga Reo in Te Hapua, and then I went to Awanui Primary here, just down the road, yep. and then migrated to Korai Intermediate, just down the road that way. <laughs> and then the hopper to skip up the hill to Korai College. <laughs> so you've never... And that was it. Yeah. yeah. So you haven't been lured by Auckland or... No, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't leave my um, whanau. <laughs> I, I wanted to and all my friends went you know like they all went to university and then the whole brain drain went over to Australia with the mines and um, I guess it was just never really a um, desire of mine to leave home I always wanted to do further study like I did do some further studies um, in business administration mm. uh, it, you know when I was between 18, 19, 20 and then that, um, just before my 21st birthday, our father had gotten into into the bees and introduced us to his business partner and brought us, I guess, took us on his journey. So um, the bees really 
didn't hold me back, but was, yeah, yeah, it was a major reason why I didn't end up moving away. And um, it was an opportunity that our father saw and he truly believed in. And I'm glad that we all believed in him, really. What, would, what advice would you give to upcoming budding entrepreneurs? Because you're certainly an, an example of it. To never really give up on your dreams because it's so easy to, you know, or it's easy to um, make adjustments and settle for less because it might be too hard or too scary to take that extra leap. So never be too scared to take that extra leap. Um, it's better to fail trying than it is to fail at not even have tried, you know? Like, that's probably would be the worst thing that I've learnt. Um, like, we've, I've failed a lot, and, and failure is part of being an entrepreneur. You know, I've probably succeeded... Out of every 10 attempts that I make, I probably exceed at one. <laughs> um, and that's reality, you know. And um, you have to build um, a really good resilience bank. You really have to be grateful. When a win comes along, you've got to be grateful. You've got to be able to celebrate that. And, and um, one of the things, like I said, that was really difficult for me was to accept that we were, we were doing good. For a lot of people, we're like, oh, no, you know, like we're too shy to accept love, to accept achievement, to accept awards. And when, we, when I think back and I look now, and I was like, we worked damn blooming hard, you know, to get to where we are today. And we've suffered to get to where we are today. It hasn't been easy. And that's another thing for a budding uh, entrepreneur is that you will suffer. And it won't, be, it won't be nice. When the wins come, oh, my gosh, it makes it all worth it. Kia ora, Blanche Morrow, CEO of Kai Ora Honey in Awanui, Te Tai Tokero.